0: Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson. Hello and welcome, magic folk, to episode 40 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts, Matt Olson. Over there we have Danny Oakstead. What's up? And to over at away, we have... The jankiest the janky boggles, JB. Hello. We are here for another jam-packed, news-filled episode for y'all. So mm-hmm. sit back, relax, and listen to us as we give you the breakdown of how this episode is going to go. As always, we talk about some past weekend event results, and we're going to do better with all this and upcoming events. Here's a bit of a BNR suspended announcement. Going to move into the news. After news, we're going to move to the weekly finance update. And then we're going to end with Deck of the Week. So let's just jump into the events.
1: So there wasn't too terribly much going on. Looks like we had an event in standard. We had a couple qualifiers. First qualifier was won by Qtaro, number 20375. Looks like it was Jun Sacrifice. Pretty stock John Sacrifice list. Looks pretty sweet. I like it.
0: How can you call that like a pretty sweet list? It's Nothing really special about it. They didn't go anywhere. Uh, they've been adapting Bolas of Citadel as one of the new ways.
2: Yeah.
0: It's got Bolas of Citadel, man. That's my card, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: good stuff. Second one is won by Gobblewomp. Playing mono red aggro.
0: No more obosh in these decks, so you're now having even converted mana cost spells like Torbran, Robber the Rich, and Embercleave back in here again.
1: Oh, they're running a four of Runaway steamkin too. That's interesting.
2: Just a way well, to yeah. so you can ra- so you can get out that Torbrand early.
1: I suppose ramp, ramp, ramp.
2: Exactly. do oh. Don't say what's really.
0: Is what they're running four embercleaves, so
2: Oh, I mean well I suppose
1: for redundancy.
0: Yeah, but they're legendary is the thing. I mean, drawing into them is fine, but they got the four light up the stage. But Gobblewomp, they knew what they were doing. They took away this standard event with having four Embercleaves, cleaves and I don't know I don't know. When it comes to, when it comes to a piece like that, I'm more along the line of wanting three if I want to drop more consistently. But
1: I, I usually only run two if it's legendary.
0: Well, yeah,
2: I'd be like, man, maybe three, then run another shock. Or run four shocks and run two Embryclaves. Like, you're playing red. You want burn. Just because just of runaway steamkin, you want those, those low drops. So you can get him up and then drop your bigger guys like Corbran or Annex.
0: Right. just me. But if you're attacking with four creatures, it is cheaper to cast an Ember Cleave again than to re-equip the Ember Cleave for three. And then you have that one extra mana to, you know, light up the stage or shock. I suppose. So having four, you know, just a, a slight a slight reduction to equip it if the creature that it was previously equipped to died.
1: Alright, so then last but not least, third qualifier was taken down. By Mossman. Sure, we won't go with that. Sorry if I butchered your name. Teamer Reclamation is what he was playing. No surprise there, huh? That deck is solid.
0: Teamer Reclamation now becoming one of the bigger uh, boogeyman's back in standard with the nerfing of Companion. Uh, Running
1: for Sharknado. I love it.
0: Yeah, no. Just a straight good deck. Having the having the, the, the clothis in the side is very interesting to see. To the level of going against graveyard strategy decks if those those that run lyris you know, just to tag those uh, those two drop spells that Luris wants to be recurring. Which uh man did play against in the final uh, in the finals against uh Kio, who was running Selesnia auras with Lurus as the companion. Yeah, as having Clothos there is a way to like tag those and make Lurus less gas late in the game.
1: So moving on from Standard, our other event here was a uh, Modern Magic Online Preliminary, where first place was Bant Snowblade. Second place, we had Gruul Midrange. Third place was Storm. Fourth place was Four Color Control. Fifth place was Gruel Midrange. Sixth was Bant Control. Seventh, we had Golgari Midrange. Eighth was Humans, piloted by Canister, I think. So ninth place, we had Dredge. And tenth place, Obosh Jund Luka. I need to check this deck out. That sounds interesting. Let's take a look at this.
0: No, actually pretty
1: cool. Not- I like
0: it. Yeah, not really surprised with this. It's just kind of like the Ponza style decks that just runs Obosh. And being able to plane bound, bound or p- accomplish your Luka out on turn three seems pretty solid.
1: Hey, let's not forget about the Emrakul, okay?
0: Oh, yeah, no, you Emrakul and hope to hit that off of the Luka. And then this has the, the ramp package of Arbor Elf Utopia Sprawl. Man, I can't believe Utopia Sprawl for a playset is seventeen fifty. <laughs> Those are uncommons.
1: Master So it sets. looks
0: like, uh... Double Masters. This needs to be in Double Masters. It doubles demand. the man. The man has got it. No.
1: No, we don't need that.
0: No, we we need a reprint for a common like this. The common's three bucks. Or it's four bucks. Yeah. It's like four something. Get it down to two. Meh. Reprint, bring them all because this is just like a key piece in any green style ramp deck in modern with Arbor Elf. Yeah, the mm-hmm. fact that Arbor Elf as well a playset is a buck fifty instead of like fifty cents. It's a common. Has been printed like six times. Elves, man. Elves I rule. I just I just find it funny or
2: not really funny that everyone has to have a high price deck. Modern, where the third place was two hundred and sixteen dollars worth for his deck. Yeah, actually, two
0: seventeen thirteen was his deck. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, the most expensive thing in there is the the play set of steam vents. He doesn't even have any fetches. Nope they they don't even have any fetches. We don't know if uh yeah uh, INF is male or female. Yeah, everything else is super cheap in this deck. Comparatively to everything else.
1: So that does it for our past events. Our upcoming events, we have a CFB Pro Showdown. Looks like that next event is happening on June 27th at 9 a.m. Pacific. For all you uh, CFB Pro members. And then we got some MTGO last chance qualifiers happening every day at 1 a.m., 9 a.m., and 6 p.m. Check out CFBEvents.com slash LCQ for more details. Another cool thing coming up, we have the Mana Trader Series open today. The today is in filming day. So by the time you guys hear this, there will already be a day under the belt. I know I already started a couple matches on there. Who doesn't like to try to go and win four grand, huh? For free.
0: Yeah, these mana trader events are fucking bonkers.
1: And this month's format is a uh, pioneer, same as last month's. Nice, nice. So it looks like we've got some more exciting news coming up later on in the episode about some more upcoming events. So stay tuned. And now pass pass the torch off to Danny for our uh, weekly ban and restricted update.
2: Well it's not really weekly, but piggybacking off of last week's banned restriction of Agent of Treasury and Fire Fires of Invention. This week suspended from historic is Winoda joiner of the forces. She has been suspended from historic. Format on MTG Arena. In a statement from Wizards of the Coast. Since ranked historical returned in late May, we had closely we had been closely watching decks using Winota's Jordan of the Forces. The early data for this deck showed it would be showed it to be both popular and strong, but since the deck was so new to the format, we wanted to, look, to give it some time to see the rest of the field adapt. And though the field has recently shifted due to last week's announcements, the data showed that this is not significantly reducing the performance of this deck. In fact, with the data now available, we see the popularity roughly doubling since its emergence, and the win rate remaining problematically high. Decks using windowed joint the forces currently re- represent too large a portion of the Sork metagame, and the quality of enablers and the payoffs in the format means that this is unlikely to change without further action. Because of this, Winona joining the forces is suspended in historic. Matt, I know you have some comments about this. So please,
0: bring them forth. Uh, a couple things with this is there will be no wildcard uh, reimbursement from this suspension because first off it's a suspension it's not banned yet and remember suspensions are like a three month time out is how these are formatted formatted right now and then they'll reevaluate at that later date and decide if there are better better ways to interact with Wynota in that future meta uh, There, there's definitely another thing mentioned here about the timing of this in regards to last week's banning and band and restricted announcement people online are definitely a little tilted uh, that's being generous uh, they're a little tilted <laughs> of the fact that no notification was no warning happened with this suspension and there were people who who had the idea of like oh sweet why not have missed banned and restricted now i'm going to construct the deck and so they use their wild cards make the deck play it for only a couple days to now get it kind of swept right underneath them. And that's a a lot of, a lot of people are a little upset about the fact in this and wizards note on this specifically, uh, the timing of why they made this, uh, abrupt suspension in historic specifically is because historic is only on arena being a straight digital format. They feel that they are allowed to respond quicker to uh, respond quicker to these meta changes and act accordingly uh, without any kind of warning, which does make historic a little iffy in the future. Uh, they do want to say with other formats, changes like this will not occur in any major event using the historic format, which is super important because there's a bunch of um, high-level magic events coming out in the future of uh, the online mythic events and the uh, arena open as well. There will be no automatic or moments of historic suspensions during those times to alleviate people from having to worry about I'm bringing this deck in. Is it going to get suspended in the middle of the game, in in the middle of the tournament? It will not. They say it in here, but we'll see. But they did go, they did further
2: on go on saying that if Winona joining the forces were to be banned, they would then Include information on any changes to the players' collections at that time. So that could be potential wild cards um, or something else that they can give you. Probably wild cards, most likely. But anything that they can give you for the inconvenience of this card now being banned. Right. After everyone's like, oh, hey, I just spent four wild cards on this one card. It should have been saw or it should have been. Should have been seen coming. This will go into effect as of yesterday, June eighth, at two p.m. Pacific time. So, you're listening to this. It's already been happening. Sorry for the delay, but it's just part of the game. So, again, moving along to the blog talk of the week. I have a couple here that are going to be piggybacking off each other. First one comes from Pet This week's blog attack comes from Pet. They asked, Mark, you said that there are ways to make time magic in white. I think that Duferi's protection is one of them. So I need to ask phasing would be secondary in white? He questioned. Mark replied, I believe phasing is secondary in white. It is a Flickery, which is white. So piggybacking off that one, Alabaster Tyrant asked, If the phasing experiment goes well, might we see it as an eventual alternative to Exile for Oblivion Ring style effects? Example, target creature phases out. It does not phase in until leaves the battlefield Apart from tuning the wording, it seems much cleaner than the current model since it won't retrigger ETVs. And Mark responded, "It's on the table."
0: This, I feel, is definitely a super cool call towards the people, at, uh, the the white mages out there, asking for something specific in white to help boost it. Phasing effects does seem very white and if this starts becoming a standard effect maybe that'd be pretty interesting to see happen
1: yeah i could see the that that last one i it makes sense to me with the whole you know because to me exiling should be permanent not you know oh until this leaves blah 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 so I, i i totally Totally agree with that statement that phasing should take take place into that. It conceptually makes sense to me.
2: So with that blog tag, we move to the good old news quickies. Friday night magic on the twelfth so this Friday
0: is going to be Momir. Make sure to hit up your LGS on whatever. Uh, contact form Mm -hmm. that they would appreciate and they will give you a promo pack which has uh, sleeves or card styles etc some good old goodies right for free might as well just do it right also coming up on the 13th on saturday it is the start of cube draft on arena as well going to the 24th sounds like a fun time next up we have uh
1: the chandra spell book content is revealed so it looks like you get uh chandra the torture defiance cathartic reunion fiery confluence past in flames pyroblast pyromancer ascension ride of flame and young pyromancer and then you also get a random one of those foiled fancy yep and that is it looks like it's going to be available
0: June 26th most, nice most spell books are going to be about 20 bucks to purchase for these 8 uh, premier, pro, uh, premier cards and having one foil pretty good value I'd say I'd pick it yeah, up yeah exactly
1: Yeah, I like that frame. It looks nice. It's
2: spicy. It's hot, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Fiery. The MTG War of the Spark trailer has won an award for Royal Television
0: Society Award for Animation and VFX. Yeah, one thing that makes the War of the Spark trailer so... Good is that it was the first time that Wizards did this and they really put their heart and soul into it. I mean, it really no, can,
2: no, No, if they can just keep up with that and do it for every oh. single one,
0: they're going to be doing it. I imagine we're going to be getting something for Core 21 and then we're totally going to be getting something for Zendikar as well.
1: Yeah, like Fetchlands.
2: That aren't
0: Pioneer legal, <laughs> but they're modern legal. After that War of the Spark trailer, there's been a new update to the EDH rules. Commander death triggers are now a thing. So the best way to describe <laughs> the best way to describe this is there uh, is imagine a token effect. When a token dies, it does hit the graveyard, but then state-based action makes it uninteractable at that time. And same thing with commanders. Commander dies, hits the graveyard, triggers going on the stack, but then you can't interact with the commander going from graveyard straight to the command zone at that point. That'll be get taking. Uh, that will be getting implemented on June twenty something. It will be getting. Up, it'll, it'll. It'll be coming official later this month with the commander R. Uh, the, the, with the commander RCs. A uh, formal update, but they, they them letting everybody know this is ahead of time. It's like give it a shot, you know, because they announced this during Command Fest this last weekend. Hmm. Hello, child of Valara. Yep, child of. Yeah, Lara. I'm back. alinda the dusk rose. Yep, Tesa Karlov. Tesa Karlov triggers. Which, speaking of those former,
1: you know, those first two, have you seen the friggin' price spikes on those? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Oh,
0: we'll get into those there a little bit in the finance section.
1: I mean, if I didn't like my copy of Elenda so much, I would have friggin' sold it off. Good God. So it looks like Magic Legends is going to be going into closed alpha sometime this June. And they're going to be picking 15 to 20,000 people that signed up for the beta. And hopefully you somebody here maybe be a lucky one. I think it'd be pretty cool. Or all that pretty. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet.
0: Keep your eyes out on that spam folder. Yes. And following
2: up with JB's comment from earlier in this episode... The SCG Tour Online consists of three different types of events. You have the challenges, which are open events that award various amounts of SCG Online points to all competitors, plus Star City Games store credit to the top finishers. Six challenges are offered for on each day of an SCG Tour Online season. Um, looks like it can be a structure of four rounds of Swiss. So $20 entry, prizes are as follows, 4-0s are 10 SEG online points 50 and $50 uh, store credit. 3-1s are 4 SEG online points, $20 credit, and participants get 2 online points. And then 10 online points are needed to participate in the next SEG Tour Online Championship Qualifier. Holy shit.
0: That's a lot of dollars. The championship qualifiers are invite only and they will award amounts of online points to all competitors plus a total of $10,000 in prizes to the mm-hmm. top finishers. So 10,000 divided amongst the top 8 seems pretty good. Well, it's actually $10,000 split between the top 32. Oh, it's top 32 It says,
2: "My bad." Yep. yep. Well, top here's the breakdown. 32. First place, you're getting a thousand dollars and one hundred SCG online points. Second place gets eight hundred dollars and also a hundred dollar or a hundred SCG points. Top four get, I guess, third and fourth, would get five hundred dollars. Or is that just top four in general? Yeah,
0: yeah. Top four would be third and fourth place because first and second got that eight hundred. Maybe they got the extra five hundred.
2: I don't know. Anyway, um, they also get the hundred SCG points. Uh, top eight, you're getting four hundred US dollars, and another hundred dollar hundred points. Um, top sixteen, you're making three hundred dollars and getting fifty points. Top thirty-two, you're getting two hundred dollars and thirty points, and then everyone who's participated in, in the championship qualifiers get at least ten SCG qualifying points or online points.
0: Then there will also be the Seasonal Championships, which has mm-hmm. a $25,000 prize pool. It's going to be yep. Swiss based on the number of competitors, followed by a single elimination top eight. You need a yep. 100 SEG Online points to be able to get in there and an invitation, but the prize breakdown pretty similar of where it's 2K for first place and qualification for all next season online qualifiers and qualification to SCG's Tour Online Seasonal Championship. Second place also gets 2K in qualifications for the next online tour qualifiers. Top 4 get 1500 and qualifications. Top 8, 1000. Top 16, 750. And top 32, get 500 bucks.
2: So so just to backtrack a little bit, I need to clarify on this. So first place, again, you're getting $2,000. And then you qualify for all of next season's SCG Tour Online Championships, as Matt said, and qualifications for the next season's SCG Tour Online Seasonal Championships. So where Matt didn't quite, quite clarify this, second place, you, qual- you get the $2,000 and you qualify for again for all of next season's SCG Tour Online Championships. Top four, so third and fourth, you get qualification for the next SCG Tour Online Championship qualifier. So you only get one, not all. Just want to get that clarified. Just so you don't mislead people. Right. Thank you. No problem. Um and now they also gave the 2020 season one schedule for all of this. We'll have a description in our or below if you want to take a look at this. Um Looks like they have from June 10th all the way up to July 19th, with
0: various challenges and or dates. All switching between historic and standard formats as well. Yep, yep. But as always, descriptions, or information in the descriptions below. Now one of the last things we're going to talk about in the news here are the biggest thing probably that happened this last week is we got core 2021 spoilers starting to come out oh man yeah buddy before we dive into that though there are two changes that we're going to address before you know maybe talk about a couple of the cards that we're more most interested in hounds have been errated to dogs and milling is a keyword yep yep so how about we each pick one card that we are really excited about that we've seen so far i got mine okay how about we do let's do this let's do one card one new card and one reprint so i'll start off with a couple cards that i'm excited about so far in core 2021 one of the new cards that's getting printed is Necromentia, black black one choose a card name other than a basic land card name search target opponent's graveyard hand library for any number of cards with the same name exile them that player shuffles their library then creates a 2-2 black zombie creature token for each card exiled from their hand this way this card is beast it is a it's a take on unmoored ego and i appreciate that because unmoored ego one of one of the cards that i really really like And the reprint that I like that's coming out is Rewind Classic Blue Blue 2 Instant Counter-Target Spell. Untap up to four lands.
1: Really? I thought your favorite reprint was Revitalize. Nah.
0: It's good, but... (laughs) Nah. Brutal. Brutal, I say. It's half-tempted to pick Massacre Worm, but anyways. (laughs)
2: That would be another brutal one. So... My, f- with further research, actually not really even research, just because just I saw it right away, and it's like, yep, I want this card, is Elder Gargothroth, or Gargoth, Gargothroth? How do you say that? Gargoth. 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 <laughs> just a big old beast. He's green, green three. Creature Beast, he's a 6-6. Six, six. Mythic Rare, he's not legendary. Whenever Elder attacks or blocks, choose one. Create a 3-3 three, three Green Beast token.
0: You gain 3 life, or you draw a card. Did you mention that he has Vigilance, Reach, and Trample? I did not. Yeah. Which is what makes him even more stupid
2: like, oh my, I have a 6-6 Vigilance Reach Strample. He's a beast, and he has three great abilities he can choose from. And going on to my favorite reprint, not really my favorite, just out of the ones that have been spoiled so far. Good old Cultivate. It's a green 2. Search your library for up to two basic land cards. Reveal those cards, put one on the battlefield tapped, hold it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Classic EDH card.
1: Okay, so my favorite out of the new ones so far is probably one of the new planeswalkers, the the Bosri cat. For one white white, you get a three loyalty lo- planeswalker. Plus one is put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature, gains indestructible until end of turn. Neg two. Whenever one or more non-token creatures attack this turn, create that many 1-1 White Soldier Creature Tokens that are tapped and attacking. Neg 6, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 1-1 White Soldier Creature Token, then put a plus-1 1 plus-1 1 counter on each creature you control.
2: All I can think of is Nord Possession and Cathar's Crusade with this guy.
1: Yup, this is just freaking
2: badass.
0: Those cards pair very well together in EDH.
1: Pair it with Divine Visitation, and he's shitting out angels.
2: Better are oh. five fives, not four fours. That's so good. It'd be six sixes. Because there's two of them coming out.
1: Okay, so my favorite reprint coming up out of this. You all kind of know by now. <laughs> we have Baneslayer Angel. Classic. Very classic. Three white-white, you get a 5-5 five, five angel. With flying, first strike, lifelink, protection from demons,
0: and from dragons. Very sweet. Very classic magic card. So with JB's favorite reprint finally
2: been announced. Let's move on to the financing. So Matt, what are the interests of pickups or sells
0: this week cha-ching as always the finance section we go off of mtg stocks an amazing site that has all aggregated information on card prices has a nice fancy little graph right next to it uh, whatever card that you were searching to allow you to visually see how the card is moving in price from a date to another date. Every week, they come out with an article called Weekly Winners, where they talk about three to five cards that have been moving up in price, or three to four cards that are getting cheaper. But in this case, there's a new thing at the end of this that I'm excited to talk about. But the Weekly Winners, we first have Daxos the Returned. It is a... Black White 1, 2-2 Zombie, Soldier, Legendary Creature, that reads, Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you get an experience counter. Has an activated ability of Black White 1, put a white and black spirit enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. It has, this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of experience counters you control. This card has seen a 131% increase, now sitting under $5.50. Uh, though it has been climbing up to about $10, though the market hasn't caught up on it. People are still selling and buying it for about $3.50. Not 100% positive why this one has been moving up in price, because with Core 21 spoilers, there hasn't been many enchantments that have been peaking interest. You got Faith Fetters as another reprint, and not a real big reason to be pushing forward uh, Daxos the Returned but the next card we have is Praetor's Grasp which is a black black one sorcery uh, search target opponent's library for a card and exile it face down then that player shuffles his or her library you may look at that you may look at and play that card for as long as it remains exiled. This is another card that has seen an over 100% increase, doubling in price, now at $10.37. Uh, Praetor's Grasp has only had one printing so far from New Phyrexia. Card has been moving up, uh, and market price is catching up with the average price, so that is notable. Uh, you would be able to pick them up for about $8.50. Finally, some legacy and vintage card talk here, where the smaller percentage moves are big numbers in moves. We have Badlands here. This is a record high for Badlands, which is an old dual land that counts as a mountain or mountain and a swamp, and taps for red or black. It has seen an almost nine percent increase, now sitting at two hundred and eighty dollars. So, dual lands are just a higher demand card, especially now during this time though now the stimulus check money has pretty much dried up for everybody. The fact that these cards are moving up in price is a good way to show that this is where you need to be parking some money. Now, this is typically where we would have the cheap pickups of the week, but Peter changed it up at the end here having a new section called, Whatever Happened To? So this week he says, I will not report on cheap pickups. There are very few to report on, but try out a new segment. Do not be alarmed. Cheap pickups will remain the go-to segment for this article, but sometimes it's good to try new stuff. So this segment features a card that was on a weekly winner before, and we look back at the price and the development of the card. Did it hold? Increase? Decrease? Why? And kind of susses it out. So this card that they're ta- uh, that was brought up is Teferi's Puzzle Box, the Visions edition specifically. So this was on the weekly winners from a year ago. It was number two on the list and it spiked over $22 and was even higher, higher for days after that. One of the reasons was in the Thopter decks, but most importantly was due to Narset Parter of Veils when that got announced. Narset stops your opponents from drawing more than one card per turn, so essentially Teferi's puzzle box would wheel them out of the hand wheel them out of their hand and they would have nothing. So here we are a year later after Teferi's puzzle box has spiked up to $22. It has now started climbing down significantly to $8.75. One of the big things is Teferi's Puzzle Box didn't get included in a lot of Narset Part of Veil decks, which turned out to be an underwhelming deck combination. But uh, it is mentioned at the end here, Teferi's Puzzle Box uh, could be seeing play in Zyxtry's The Withering Storm. It's been moving up in numbers. It's in 50% of the decks that have that uh, Zixrace, the Withering Storm, according to the EDH rec. I'm assuming uh, according to their research. Because it doesn't say EDH rec. Whenever it comes to like commander stats, I just automatically assume everyone's looking at EDH rec. But that closes out the finance section for this week. From there... Woo! quick finance. Yeah. Nice, clean, because this is a, another long episode. With the reformatting, reformatting and stuff of the episode, we're still trying to like work out the kinks and stuff with this. But let's move to deck of the week. Which, this week, we have a $20 modern deck. Mm-hmm. With rooms for impro- with room
2: for p- improvements. Or Additions, upgrades, insert adjective
0: that works. For sure. Who wants to give the premise on this deck? Sounds <laughs> good. Oh, it's
2: your last. I could. I don't have
1: my cameras up. Oops. God damn it, cat. <laughs> Quit doing cat shit. Really? 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 Are you done?
2: Dad, love me. Are you done? Dad. Dad just love me. Good. Purdy please. Good. Purdy please.
1: Okay. So this deck, this guy. Wrote a poem, I'm not much for poetry, so I'm not going to read it.
2: Just read it. But he
1: basically want- <laughs> he wanted, wanted to read it. make a deck around World Slayer and some other cool stuff. hmm So we got Darksteel Juggernaut, Ginger Brute, Captain at the Mindful, Slip Through Space, and World Slayer. Are the big chunks of the deck?
0: Uh, World Slayer. Uh, the the idea the 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 main the marquee card of this deck is a five generic artifact equipment that reads whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy all permanents other than World Slayer, and it has an equipped five. The main gist of this deck is to be dropping those indestructible creatures like. Kefnet the Mindful or Darksteel Juggernaut and have like Ginger Brute come in wheeling the World Slayer and connecting blowing up your opponent's everything but keeping your Darksteel Juggernaut and Kefnet the Mindful and going in to just close off the game with that because uh, Darksteel Juggernaut is an indestructible star star artifact uh, and his power and toughness is equal to the number of artifacts you control and he attacks each combat if able and ways to make sure that you know your ginger brute or any other creature connects like ginger brute himself uh, has the ability of it can't be blocked this turn except by creatures with haste Typically, that's pretty good. I mean, against an agro matchup, you might have a harder time activating that and getting Gingerbrute to connect with World Slayer. But you do have that getting through most of the field. It goes through Tarmogoyf's Bobs, goes through Bloodbraid Elves, goes through uh, Wait, that goes through Boggles. Hey, now. <laughs> blow up all things that boggles has i
1: feel personally attacked
0: it has a couple other uh, indestructible artifacts and stuff to help them help 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 you progress the game after connecting with world slayer with dark steel which is a three drop mana rock that's indestructible and then it also has dark steel citadel which is an artifact land that's also indestructible Hmm.
2: So back to the poem that J.B. would not read. <laughs> as as he writes, at night I dream of a world's world slayer win. Dark still Juggernaut bangs at the, gil- at the gate. A mad gingerboot boot uh, begins to slip through space. Kefnet the mindful patiently waits. World Slayer lays all to waste.
0: That is one thing to note with at the Mindful. Even though it's indestructible, it can't attack or block unless you have seven or more cards in hand. And one of the ways that they that you can get more cards in your hand is through uh, draw draw spells like Mask of Memory or Thoughtcast. Thoughtcast is blue four. Affinity for Artifacts, Sorcery, draw two cards. And Mask of Memory is an equipment for two. And equip one, when a creature deals combat damage to a player, you may draw two cards if you do discard a card. It fills you up a little bit. You'd be equipping that to a Ginger Brute or a Darksteel Juggernaut to be able to draw cards to hopefully have Caffnet swing as well. But Darksteel Juggernaut alone is a pretty good beater when you get down to it.
2: Also, forgetting Kefnet also has the ability of tapping three in a blue draw card,
0: and ret- and you may return a land to its owner's hand, which yep. could be very important because when you sl- swing and have the World Slayer trigger on the stack, you could activate Kefnit the Mindful, bounce whatever island you want, or a Rogue's Passage is one of the other lands. But bounce an island to your hand, you have two more cards in your hand compared to before. Exactly. It's
2: a way. It's a way to win. What was that? JB, were you gonna say something? No. That mm. was weird. That was weird. Know. But yeah, for for twenty bucks. I might become a blue player.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's so much to do with this. Uh p- that cheap includes the fact that this is just like a solid twenty dollar base deck that has many different faucets that this can go down many different lines that you can continue with this deck. It is a very cheap pickup. Descriptions, information in the description below. Good job, that yeah, thank you. Please, somebody
1: take this deck, make it competitive. Oh,
0: I if I play against you, I will gladly concede because this is great. Oh, I have I'll ideas be- already. First off, you make all the lands Snow Islands run the four of Arkham's Astrolabe, probably in place of the Mask of Memories, really just for the drawing effect and then adding to the affinity as well. And then, as more ways to draw cards, you can have. Uh I do I do like the idea of ancestral recall as a slow way to draw cards, especially after the fact of, you know blow, potentially blowing up all your lands. And those are just little ideas to maybe like get going through this. But this deck is super sweet and it's super cheap. Mm-hmm. So with that
2: I think that was episode forty.
0: Woohoo! Another
2: episode in the books. Mm hmm. So, with that, thank you for listening. And as always, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, any other social media that you can possibly find us on. Subscribe to our, I don't know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any channel that you can find us on
0: Google Play. Mm hmm.
2: If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, Email Matt. He might check the emails. Hit us on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook.
0: Also, we're looking to expand the Discord. Hit us up for that Discord link and we'll get you in there.
2: Yeah. So, Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, Don't want to miss out on an episode. Um, They are up every Tuesday night starting as of last week.
0: Makes it easier for me.
2: Yep, Mr. Editor and Chief, the House, yeah.
0: the one and the only Matthew Olson. That feels like a big, long thing that didn't need to be said about me. Good thing I'll be cutting that one out.
2: What a, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it better be in it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it better be landfill, Harry.
2: <laughs> I think I think these are just the start of the the tip of the tip uh, iceberg of changes for this podcasts for the next month
0: there's the Slowly,
2: uh, but surely change a few things so but if, we're trying to do better
0: yeah if you're interested stick around join us as we progress on through trying to be your aggregate news source for all things magic the gathering with mm-hmm. that, with that we say bye bye see ya bye so make sure to follow us on all of the social medias. We have Facebook, Twitter, and then if you have questions, comments, concerns, send us a Gmail at thisweekinmtg@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We have podcasts coming up every Tuesday on the Tuesday at, what, 5 a.m.? I have it going at 6 a.m. now.
2: Well, fine,
1: 6 a.m. on
2: Tuesday. Listen
1: to it while you're eating breakfast on the way to work.
2: Come on. Or going to bed, depending on your work schedule.
0: No, no, no! Not when we're going. Not when they're going to bed, because then we yeah, could be we the last. We could be the last
2: voice that they hear before they go restfully to
0: sleep. Or we
2: put them to sleep because we're
0: boring. Yeah, and we One don't want the that. Way, either way, they'll be dreaming of us. Oh, we're inserting ourselves into your dreams. Make Edward, them want to play magic.
1: Learning by osmosis.
0: Exactly. Follow us. <laughs>